Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this episode, I am joined by Elizabeth as we talk about confidence. It's a really interesting chat where we're talking about being on that other side of menopause where Elizabeth is and I am not yet. And as these podcasts go on, I've spoke to a few women about menopause and I have to say they make it a a go-to destination. They certainly do. Baseline in this that was almost said by accident by Elizabeth, I think, is that optimism comes from action and how she feels very optimistic about what lies ahead. But that is because she is doing stuff to make it happen. So how can it not? Fabulous conversation that I hope you enjoy. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You're so welcome. It's lovely to be here. It is, and it took us a few attempts to actually be sitting here on Zoom together. So I'm glad that we got to it. Absolutely. Tell us a bit about you. Well, my name is Elizabeth Bandeen and I am a massage therapist in Glasgow. I moved down here uh, from Aberdeen 11 years ago. Previous background, I was a a manager and area trainer for Pizza Hut. Oh, wow. So I went from being, yeah, so I went from being a Pizza Hut manager to a massage therapist so I was uh, my role was made redundant 11 years ago when like many companies in 2009 2010 the company the country was going into recession I got reinterviewed for my job and I didn't get it back so I've been living in Glasgow now for 11 years I moved down because I've got really good friends here and I was 39 when I moved and I just didn't want to be in the same place when I was 40. So that's what prompted that. I've just started cycling daily to work, which I absolutely love. And I would probably say that 50 is fabulous. It really is. Uh, It's just been the best thing. And that's that's a quick summation. Uh-huh. That's a lovely summation. I love when life takes a bit of a U-turn like that and one minute you're... I know you probably weren't flatting pizzas, but one minute you're flatting pizzas, the next minute you're massaging folk. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Fantastic. Given all of that, given 50 mm-hmm. is fabulous, tell me, Elizabeth, what do you know for sure? What I know for sure is confidence is everything. Mm. And is that something that's come with age? Yes, for me, absolutely. And I don't know what it is. I think it's, is it hitting 50? Is it hitting menopause? I've got no idea, but I have lost this filter. I have lost that people-pleasing side of constantly being Santa's helper Mm. that I have had in my past of always being the bubbly one that said yes to everything. I've become very good at going, no. Uh That That doesn't sit well with me. So even though you're saying you're now saying no, does it still not sit well with you? It's just that you're able to say it. I'm just able to say it. It's a conversation I have quite regularly with clients, would you believe? You know, being a massage therapist, I'm not trying to make myself out to be something I'm not. But the close contact in beauty industry over this last 18 months, you know, let's not get into too heavy a discussion about what's happened, but we have been given this label of non-essential, unfortunately. Mm. And it's like your hairdresser, your waxer, your massage therapist, not so much your dentist because they've got your hands in your mouth, you can't talk, but we're the people that that clients come in and say, they'll, they'll tell us 
everything. Yeah. And what gets says in the room stays in the room. So it's just become a, a, a skill that I've picked up of just being a really good listener. And again, that's something that I think came with age. But definitely, I sometimes say to clients, a question I'll ask them is, you know, when you say yes to anything at work, do you sometimes feel like you're talking on behalf of someone else? Mm. And then when you say yes, you go, why did I say yes to do that? I can't manage it or I can't fit it in or Mm -hmm. how am I going to get that task done now on top of everything else that's piling up? So that's why, for me, confidence is everything. And I think part of that confidence is being able to say, can I get back to you on that? Mm-hmm. instead of oh yes I'll do it and then going oh no right. I, I don't know how to do it or I can't fit it in uh-huh. and in so, your experience of the the women that you do massage on yeah is this a I'm thing and men <laughs> is this a thing that you think women are getting better at the older they get or do you think some women are just naturally good at saying no I mean what's your perception of it I think that it depends what situation we're talking about, whether it's family situation or whether it's work situation. But I still think that there needs to be an awful lot more conversation around women in the workplace and why women in the workplace are still, in my opinion, regarded as not second best. I don't know how quite to phrase it, but possibly not as valued. And, you know, and, and like when it comes to our health issues, yeah. You know, why is it always you're told it doesn't matter what age you're at, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. If 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 women go to the doctor and say, oh, this isn't quite right or that's not quite right. Oh, it's just your age. <laughs> that's a good point. I am fed up of hearing that. It's just your age. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go to the doctor in your 20s and you've got anxiety, oh, it's just your age. You're young. If you go mm-hmm. to the doctor in your 30s and you've got anxiety and something else, oh, it's just your age. You're 30. Yeah. You know, you're in your 30s. Oh, it's your approach in midlife. Oh, it's just your age. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. So very I think dismissive. it's... Yeah, it's, it's very... It can be quite dismissive. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's always... Um, it's always an interesting conversation. I'm not a raging feminist or anything like that. You know, I'm not. But I do believe that women's voices need to be heard a lot better and put in a different context. Mm -hmm. You know, I was listening to an interview today in the car talking about the word diva. And, you know, it it was animatronic from, what were they called? Scissor Sisters. And she was talking about divas and saying that, you know, people like Grace Jones... Maria Carey, things like that. They're, they were called divas, but why is it if you call somebody a diva, it's it's, it's slightly offensive? Well, she's a bit of a diva, isn't she? Uh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Why is it never, oh my God, she's a diva. Why is that never a compliment? I know. I know. Mm. I think sometimes it could have been for me when I was talking about a woman. I would have said, oh my God, she's such a diva. I love her. But mm-hmm. I agree. It is that. It's one of those words that sort of I can separate and be very, put a woman down. Yet again, something else to put a woman down. You also brought up that you said 50 is fabulous. You're now on the other side. You mentioned of the menopause, that watershed in a woman's life that I'm still on this side of. But I'm always fascinated as I I approach. How has that changed your life, do you think? Being on the other side of that? It's changed it definitely for the better Mm -hmm. because I'm 52 now and I haven't felt this good about myself since I was 27 mentally physically 
you know, happiness levels, etc. Funnily enough, um, my happiness levels went up when I became self-employed. I mean, self-employed is be, is a blessing or a curse. It, yeah. It's a blessing and a curse, I should say, beg your pardon. But I must admit that um, since I became self-employed, my stress levels have gone down because I'm not dealing with multiple personalities in a workplace. I'm it. Um, and my happiness levels have gone up. So I would say that menopause if I had known more about it before it happened when I hit 43 I think on reflection that's when for me perimenopause which as I I was um, sitting having dinner with a friend last night and she was like what is perimenopause I was like well you know when you go and see a band and you're waiting for the main band to come on and you're sitting watching the support act that's perimenopause (laughs) you know perimenopause is the support act to the main show turning up and I just, I just feel that if I, if I, had, if somebody had sat me down when I hit forty and said, right, this is what to do, this is what to look after yourself, stop beating yourself up at the gym because mm-hmm. it's going to stress your body out and it's not going to do you the good that you think it's going to do you. This is just my experience, of course, because that's the only experience I can really talk about. And just other things of like, make sure you're hitting your food groups, make sure you're getting enough water. Um, if you're not happy with your job, get out. You know, if you're not happy with your job, change it or do something different. Do stuff that just makes you feel good. Nothing, you can't, it can't, it can't be perfect 100%. Nothing can ever be 100%, but you can, or 10 out of 10, but you can be as near as damn it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I really try and pass on to, to, to women that are a lot younger than me is say, you know, and truly, I just say, you know, I'm not trying to freak you out here. You know, if you're 35, now is the time to start thinking about, am I in the house that I really love? Am I in a flat that I really like? Is it is it looking the way I want it to work? Do I feel organised? Why am I not feeling totally happy with X, Y or Z that's going on? Is there anything I can do to, about that? Is there somebody I can speak to? Yeah. So if, if I if I could um, if I could totally be sharing turn back time I think that's the only thing that I would change I would have looked after myself differently and known what the warning signs were mm. and stop dyeing my hair sooner <laughs> I've still not accepted the grey hair yet I've still not oh my god you know that. something and I just decided to do menopausal meltdown properly <laughs> and you know as well as the hot flushes and the ugly crying and the bloating and the sweating I stopped dyeing my hair I looked like a troll for about six months because I was faking being brunette for so long, but I just got fed up looking like a skunk or a tabby cat, mm-hmm. you know, because you can see, you can see, you know, obviously people in the radio can't see this, but, you know, you can see that my hair is not patchy. Uh-huh. It's very cool. Over. You've got a cool gluten hairdo there, I have to say. Thanks. When yeah. people ask me who did my colour, I just say my mum, I got it all from her. <laughs> um, but it was like every four weeks I had a white skunk line that would come in or, you know, and then I, co- I constantly felt like I looked like a tabby cat because yeah. near my roots was light brown and then it would darker, 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 darker. So I did. I looked like a tortoise shell cat. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until I was walking down Buchanan Street one day. And this was about four years ago when all these women were getting their hair dyed granny grey. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm paying 150 quid every four weeks not to look like you. <laughs> so I just thought, right, sod it. So uh-huh. I went for it. So here we are. So I must admit... Last year and this year over lockdown, it was a blessing not ha- not having to worry about my hair colour. Although I did look like a grey mushroom because my hair is really thick. Uh, so I did look like I had a mushroom on top of my head. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And at the start of their conversation, you said uh-huh. you had lost your filter. And I'm certainly getting that. I'm loving your chat. 
What has that been? Because I would say that I don't have a massive filter. I think that's on the other side of a brain injury. I try not to be unkind, certainly, but I don't have much of a filter. And if I was having a filter with my words, my face certainly doesn't have a filter. So what has that been like in your life, not having a filter? Well, it's only recent. Right. It's only in the last, oh, I don't know, two years, definitely. Mm-hmm. four years it started that I was just like, you know what, there's just some things I'm not happy about and I'm just starting to tell people about them. And that would either be telling people that I wasn't happy, but then again, do you know what I mean? Do you really need to give somebody their character if that's a phrase that you can use? Not really. Sometimes the kindest thing you can do is just back off. Walk away. That's often, I think, the kindest thing I can do is just not yeah. be in your energy any longer. I'll just yeah, walk away have- from here. Yeah, there have been some people that I've just backed off from. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not, un, I'm not unkind towards them, mm-hmm. but I don't, there are certain people that I don't seek out their company as much as maybe I used to, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the kindest thing to yourself. Definitely. And you don't have to be horrible about it. You just kind of like back off. It's also like that understanding, I think, you're talking about menopause and how you stopped dyeing your hair and you became more accepting of yourself and what you wanted and what you didn't want. And there's also <laughs> that of, like, I'm just not putting up with nonsense I don't want to put up with anymore. It's uh-huh. sort of a something you grow into, perhaps, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that it's like, for me, I don't know if you've ever had experience of redundancy or, or yeah, a role that you've been you have. You have, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. For, for so far in my wisdom of only 52 years, because I still feel like a spring chicken, to be honest with you. Redundancy and menopause are where you find out who your real pals are. I'll put nearly dying in there as well, because that's how I know who my friends are. I can't take that box, I'm afraid, but it's all right. It's not a box. It's not a box everybody has to take, but it's so interesting on the other side of that, where I'm saying I don't have the filter, where I'll go into situations and I genuinely think, and I'm not being unkind, but I'm like, I'm not here to make pals, I've got pals, I know who my friends are. So I don't need you to like me. And that's what the big watershed for me of before. My mm-hmm. brain aneurysm and after it is. And I yeah. think that that could probably be similar when it comes to things like you're speaking about menopause and, and redundancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because redundancy, I fell apart. Me too. When I, cause I, I hit Because re- I was made redundant when I was 40. But then at the same time, 40 was a brilliant year for me because mm-hmm. I moved to Glasgow, graduated from uni, got made redundant, set myself up in business yeah. and turned 40 all within a 12 month period so that was a bit about it was a humdinger of a year uh-huh. I, I got through quite a lot yeah so as we sat here and you're saying that confidence is everything you're 52 yeah. when you mm-hmm. look forward knowing that confidence is everything that you've not got that filter you've sort of I get rid of the some of the bullshit in your life it doesn't exist yeah. anymore when you think yeah. forward how does that make you feel about the path forward brilliant Really good. I mean, before we started recording this, I think we were just talking amongst us, you know, between ourselves, saying that, you know, it's been a really horrible since March 2020. It has just been a a roller coaster of, you know, it feels like you've got whiplash. Yep from watching the news and listening to the news and what's happening next. But I do feel in this last week, I don't know, is it the weather? No idea. Is it is it just 
you know, coming up for a change of season because all of a sudden in two months' time, autumn's going to be here. You know, it does feel as if a heaviness has been lifted and I can't describe what the lightness feels like or why I feel a lot lighter, but I certainly do. And I am feeling very optimistic about the future, but I think that my optimism comes from action and I think that my optimism comes from having projects that I really, really want to do and getting my boots on the road and doing them. I love that that you're saying optimism comes from action because Mm -hmm. I think so often people are waiting for a change but they're not doing anything to make that change happen I just completely made that up as I'm talking to you it's really really such (laughs) wisdom in that though because you know I was talking to a friend today about a piece of work and I was saying no I'm not doing that I don't want to do it and she was like well what do you want to do I was like well I don't know what I want to do but I know I don't want to do that so that gets me closer (laughs) Mm-hmm. But there's still that there has to be action. I have to keep going out. I have to keep knocking on doors. I have to keep pursuing different paths, doing different things. And yeah. so I think that optimism coming from actions is such a like good point that you make. That's exactly it. And I mean, it's just what you've said. It's everything that you do. Is it taking you closer towards your goal? If you've got a goal written down in mind, mm-hmm. or is it taking you further away? I'm going to be very honest here. My goal is to never, ever be in a situation like I've been in the last year where my one income stream is completely cut off. Yeah. So now what I'm trying to do is invent and uh, create different income streams mm-hmm. so that, God forbid, the country ever shut down again because I my industry would be one of the first to get told you have to close. Yeah. We're in with all the shops, beauty and close contact and all your shops that aren't supermarkets are uh, classed as non-essential. That needs to change, but that's another conversation. I just never want to be in that situation again. I mean, I'm not, as, as a woman and as a business owner, and what you have to remember as well is that the beauty and close contact industry, I'm not sure what the percentages are, Annie, but it's predominantly owned by women. Yeah. I agree. They're women, it's women. So, and then if you think about people working in shops, non-essential retail, mm-hmm. predominantly women that you're seeing working on the shop floors, depending on where you where you're going. And you know, again, it's this is just kind of like hit me right now as we're speaking that you know what's what's of course I, I'm fully aware of the fact that barbers are beauty and close contact as well I get that uh-huh. there are men's boutiques as well that are non-essential retail under that label that that label as well I get that I'm not disrespecting that at all but once again it's just popped into my head that that's women excuse my terminology but literally getting it in the neck yeah okay. non-essential yeah you know so I mean so that's that's my I'd love to get that changed but I know, yeah, and you've made much. me think about a wonderful mm. podcast I did a way back. It's number 37 with Dr. Mm-hmm. Annette Coburn. And that okay. turned out to be, it started as something different, but turned into being thoughts on a well-being economy. And actually, yeah. if we measured our economy, not yeah. on GDPR, but on the well-being of our people, yeah. massage is not non-essential. It is mm-hmm. very, very far from yeah. non-essential, isn't it? 
I had clients texting me saying, Liz, please start working again. I'll pay your fine. And I'm like, no, better not. Better not. Maybe I'd get kind of like struck off my governing bodies list. And like, it was so scary because obviously we didn't know. We didn't know what we didn't know, did we? Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm not going to get into a conversation just now about the, what's happened with the pandemic, etc. because that's that's another podcast. Aye. But, you know, it, it was like non-essential. And I'm dealing with people who are in pain, physical mm-hmm. pain because of either stress or, mm-hmm. you know, other other. And you just know, that actually, self-care I, that I think that yeah. so many women and, you know, what you're saying and I'm, I'm getting so much better at self-care, I have to say. As Wonderful. I get older, as I've got since I was unwell, since I've been in my forties, I just get yeah. better at self care, and it's something that we need, really need to prioritize. Because again, mm-hmm. there you spoke about you were that people pleaser. You were just saying yes. You were doing that. You know, we just I did was everything for everybody. Too else. bright and bubbly for my own good. I still am. Mm-hmm. I've still got that. But there, there is a there is a side me side of me that is like I remember. I can't remember. Was I? I was watching a movie, 27 Dresses. Oh, uh uh-huh. Love a chick flick. Yeah. Love a chick flick. And there was a scene in it where the character is in love with her boss. Yeah. And whatever happens, happens. And towards the end of the film, they kind of have a kiss and it doesn't work and they don't feel the chemistry. And then he asks her a favour and she says, oh, yes, I'll do that. And he said, that's what I love about you. You always say yes. And at that point, she says, that's it. I'm out of here and I'm leaving my job. It was that kind of like thing. I was always the person that said, oh, yes, not a problem. Oh, yeah, so not a problem. Something that I used to hear regularly was, oh, Bunty doesn't mind. You know, and I was like sitting there going, Bunty fucking does mind, actually. <laughs> so that's what my friends in Glasgow call me. It's like when people phone phone up and ask for me, it's like, well, who did they ask for? Did they ask for Elizabeth? That's my family. Liz, that's close friends. Lizzie, that's one friend in particular, or Bunty. <laughs> and that's pretty much anybody who lives in Glasgow calls me that. It's just but it has to be said with like it has to be said about five after about five or six years. Hi, Bunty. You know, it's, it's one of them. Uh-huh. Oh great. So, Thank you so much for joining. I don't know whether they call you Liz, Lizzie, Elizabeth or Bunty now. Do, do you know what? I introduced myself as Elizabeth and then <laughs> for some reason people feel comfortable going towards one of those. It's okay. such an adaptable name. Yeah. I re- I really don't mind. I do I do realise that Elizabeth's a bit of a mouthful for some people. <laughs> so I do have a, a selection of names that people can uh, can Great. call on. So. Well Bunty, it's been wonderful speaking to you Liz. <gasps> Thank you so <laughs> I used much. To. I used to. Thank you so much for being my guest. You're very, very welcome. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching and Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, anhughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.